Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day it is for y'all. Appreciate y'all joining me here, giving me a few minutes of your precious time. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, I'm immensely grateful and humbled by that. So thank y'all so much. I hope that it gives y'all a little something, I'm assuming, considering many of y'all seem to be coming back that it does. We're going to take one of our little walks today. No puppy dogs, no girls, no wifey, no kitty cats. Birds are floating around somewhere. Wind is up, so you may hear that. Crickets in the background. Frogs have started down at the little tank, but I don't hear them right now. Ah, there they go. At any rate, gonna, (laughs) as I was getting ready for this one, I was thinking about the number of toes that I'm probably about to step on. And then I thought of something that made me chuckle a little bit at myself, and I figure probably most of my episodes step on some toes, my own included, folks. Don't don't be mistaken about that. So at any rate, we'll get into it. I'm going to read. I went and dug up an old Adams quote, John Adams that I've talked about numerous times, but I went back to his John McCullough, or David McCullough's biography on John Adams, which is a phenomenal book, folks, if you're a reader and into biographies. And so I'm going to read that, a quote from Reagan, and then a little bit from a man named James Dobson, if y'all are familiar with him at all. And I'll try and kind of tie it all together. We'll see how well I do with that. This quote from John Adams I've talked about often. Uh, had three sons. Two of his sons, Charles and Thomas, were just absolute disasters in different ways. John Quincy was an overachiever. He became president after his, not directly after his father, but I mean, in the same footsteps. Very successful professionally and appears to be in his private life as well. And Adams never really took a whole lot of responsibility for the disasters. I'm not sure he really took a lot of responsibility for John Quincy Adams either from what I've read, but he made one comment in a letter to to John Quincy, to his other son, which speaks volumes, the fact that you're talking to one son about the disasters that the other two sons are. Uh, And he was actually kind of reprimanding maybe John Quincy saying that children must not wholly be forgotten 
in the midst of public duties. John Adams, phenomenal patriot, one of our greatest founding fathers. It's hard to argue that. Did not have the loyalty issues to his wife, as far as we can tell, that some of the others did. Did not have the financial issues in his life that some of the others did. But perhaps one of his weaknesses was focusing on his wife and his children. And he abandoned all that for the country. And then there's there's repercussions for that, obviously. And again, if you know anything about it, those two boys, I think one died an alcoholic. The other, I really don't remember. Maybe they both did. Reagan's quote that I've read here quite a few times. And I promise, folks, I'm going to tie this all together for those of y'all that are wondering where we're going. Just stick with me for a few minutes. The family has always been the cornerstone of American society. Our families nurture, preserve, and pass on to each succeeding generation the values we share and cherish, values that are the foundation of our freedoms. In the family, we learn our first lessons of God and man, love and discipline, rights and responsibilities, human dignity and human frailty. Our families give us daily examples of these lessons being put into practice in raising and instructing our children in providing personal and compassionate care for the elderly in maintaining the spiritual strength of religious commitment among our people. In these and other ways, America's families make immeasurable contributions to America's well-being. Today, more than ever, it is essential that these contributions not be taken for granted and that each of us remember that the strength of our families is vital to the strength of our nation. Dr. Dobson, for those of y'all that don't know, I'll give you a little bit of background. Founder and president of Focus on the Family, nationally syndicated radio program on thousands of stations across the United States. Served for 14 years as an associate clinical professor of pediatrics at the University of Southern California School of Medicine. Served for 17 years on the attending staff of Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. He's written numerous books, was commended by President Carter for serving on the White House Conferences on the Family Task Force, appointed by President Reagan on the National Advisory Committee for Juvenile Justice and Delinquency, served as chairman of the United States Army Task Force on Families, appointed to Attorney General Edwin Meese's Commission on Pornography in 1985, served as the Attorney General's Advisory Board on Missing and Exploited Children in 1987. Uh, the guy spent his whole life worrying about the state of the American family, both marriages and children. Uh, so huge background. You can see from his credentials, the guy kind of knew what he was talking about. This is a letter from 1994, so about 30 years ago. Can there be any doubt hearing these echoes from the culture that a great civil war of values is being waged in the Western nations? 
or that radical anti-family forces are making dramatic alterations in the way we think and act. I've seen that upheaval coming for almost a decade, but it is now evident to anyone who watches the evening news. The family is not simply disintegrating from natural forces and pressures. Its demise is being orchestrated at the highest levels of government and by radical special interest groups. Am I concerned by these recent trends? Yes. The pattern of events reveals a society in dramatic decline. Indeed, the value system that has served us so well for 217 years may not survive the next decade. I'm going to skip a little bit. He goes into some. It's a much longer article here, folks. I'm just reading some excerpts of it because I think it's so relevant. And he talks about some good news in here, some some movements that were starting at that point. Promise Keepers, if you know about it, it's a Christian movement, men's Christian movement. Uh, it's just the Association of Christian Athletes. And there's some others that he talks about in here. There is more good news to share. In a scientific poll commissioned by the Family Research Council, Americans were asked if they would rather live in a community that strongly upholds traditional family values or a community that is very tolerant of non-traditional lifestyles. The findings were released in December showing that citizens favored traditional values by a margin of 76% to 19%. Common sense is still alive and well in the population at large. So what is going on here? How can such wholesome developments occur in the midst of almost unprecedented wickedness? Isn't that what the scripture teaches us? Romans 5.20 says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. It is true today. As culture moves away from its Judeo-Christian roots, more and more people appear to recognize the devastation of sin and are turning to the good news of the gospel. This means as the long night of paganism descends on Western nations, we as believers are afforded an even greater opportunity to share the faith that burns within us. Therefore, we must not yield to discouragement, even when everything we cherish appears to be eroding. God is in control, and he can bring triumph out of tragedy. But you can't tell, folks. <laughs> We're taking our walk in the midst of a storm that's blowing up. So I'm going to see if I can run up here on the porch. My three-legged wolf already beat me up there. And the rain is starting to come in. This is a little bit better, although I'm sure it's still loud in the background. We'll sit here, though, and watch the storm come in. And hope that y'all can still hear enough to not be too distracted. So, how does all this tie together? Reagan, Adams, Dobson. Here's the point, folks. Priorities. What are our priorities today? We talk about this a number of times on the podcast. And in a number of different ways. 
I have one little girl that's decided to come out on the porch with me. She noticed that it's raining. Oh, no, she's going to run out into it. Of course she is. <laughs> Here's the deal. And, and I'm going to make some assumptions. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. If it doesn't apply to you, then just ignore it and move on. If we have an hour to watch TV or to play on our phones or to work out, do we not have an hour to spend with God or to love our spouse? My immediate thought is, of course we do. We choose not to. Now, for some of y'all that are listening, if you truly don't have that hour in the day, if your schedule is so full that you can't afford to give any time to God or your spouse, then I would offer up, perhaps your schedule needs to change. You know, if we can go sit and watch a sporting event, including our own children, folks, I'm not just talking about watching something on television or going to a college football game or volleyball game, but even our own children. If we can sit and give multiple hours, really a day when you equate it all out, but we can't manage to find one hour, really, folks, even 30 minutes to read our Bible and pray and to focus on our spouse and love them with a good attitude in whatever way they feel loved. I would argue that the problem is, I mean, Okay, maybe the problem is our schedule, like I said, and we need to change it. But really, the problem is not our schedule. The problem is us. And we can talk about all day long how our priorities are God, family, country. And for my personal one that I always add on there, the Marine Corps, all we want. But if our actions don't line up, then we're just, we're just deceiving ourselves and or other people. And the reason I say this, if I can find this verse, is James 1. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. The problem, folks, that we've had for 80 years now, it goes back to our relationship as a nation, as a people with God. And, and that, that is 
inexorably intertwined with the family. Like Reagan said, the strength of the family, the strength of the nation is the strength of the family. Dobson talking about the radical anti-family forces, the left that are working to destroy the family. As Dewey, the architect of modern education, said back in the 1920s, you know, agreeing that the goal of these schools of education is to separate children from God and from their families. We've got two huge issues. One is we have citizens in the country that, for whatever reason, support this radical anti-family movement, LGBTQ relationships, uh, the bigotry that you see, abortion, um, sex outside of marriage, you know, anytime, anyone, anywhere, no-fault divorce, etc. The list goes on and on. That's one problem. That's true. But then the other problem is on the side that claims to stand for God, family, country. We claim these are our priorities, but the breakdown of time and energy that we give to activities doesn't represent that. If we really want to turn this thing around, if we have any hope of turning this thing around, we've got to turn back to God, and, and part of that has to be going back to traditional roles for men and women, traditional roles within the family, making the family the cornerstone, again, as Reagan said, of our nation, and within the family, making the marriage the cornerstone of the family. Because, folks, if you don't have a strong marriage, that that is the center. That's, that holds everything together for the kids, for the older generation and the younger, is, is the marriage. And so if you've got a weak marriage, it's going to add a vulnerability, at least, best case, to children and to other people that associate with you. It makes, it, it, it doesn't just, I mean, obviously it hurts the people in the marriage, but it hurts the community, it hurts the extended family, hurts the schools, hurts the, the, the nation as a whole. That's why these men talk about it so dramatically. And, and going back to that Adams quote, you know, there's no calling, folks. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're really noble callings, like being a doctor or a police officer or in the military, or if you're one of those extremely rare public servants today that really is vastly in it just to serve publicly that doesn't excuse you from your responsibilities toward god and toward your spouse and toward your children uh, you just you, you can't make that trade there's nothing that you're going to do uh, it just popped in my head you know god tells us what what are you going to gain if you gain all the world but you lose your you forfeit your soul right so what if you cure cancer if your marriage falls apart and your kids are a disaster because they don't know you, what kind of legacy is that? At any rate, so the whole point of all these quotes and tying this all in is if we really want to get our country back on track, folks, we got to first get our priorities back on track. 
And, and I could have picked a number of other quotes from other founding fathers and great leaders uh, throughout our history that have talked about the importance of the family. These were just the ones that I picked. So thank you all for joining me here on the porch. We ended up the rain stopped. I do have one puppy dog here with me on the porch. She just looked up. <laughs> I sure do appreciate y'all spending some time with me. Hope y'all got something out of it. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. I really look forward to these talks, folks. I, I sure do enjoy y'all's feedback, talking to you here. So thank y'all very much. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.